The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, a recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. 24 states, including Virginia, mounted legal fights against the makers of OxyContin. Attorneys General in those states announced yesterday they've reached a resolution. Whitney Evans reports. Virginia secured at least $80 million in the $4.3 billion resolution, which will fund opioid treatment and recovery in the Commonwealth. The Sackler family and their company, Purdue Pharma, are now permanently banned from the business of opioids. And they'll have to divulge tens of millions of documents detailing how the private company engineered the opioid crisis, largely through sales and marketing practices. But the settlement shields the family from future lawsuits. Here's Massachusetts Attorney General Moore Healy, who led the multi-state suit. The Sacklers have yet to apologize. They have yet to admit wrongdoing. I'm sorry that I could not get that out of them, okay? I got what I could, what's afforded under the law. Virginia Attorney General Mark Herring wasn't available for an interview. He issued a statement saying it was important that Virginians could see for themselves the evidence of lies and deceit. The Washington Post reports 2020 was the deadliest year ever for opioid-related deaths in Virginia. Whitney Evans, VPM News. Virginia's Republican gubernatorial candidate Glenn Youngkin is defending comments he made about abortion in a video taken by a liberal activist. From partner station WAMU, Jenny Gathright reports. In the video, produced by Lauren Windsor of the online political show The Undercurrent, Youngkin was questioned by people he thought were his supporters. They expressed staunch anti-abortion views. Youngkin expressed sympathy with them, but said he wasn't going to push an anti-abortion agenda on the campaign trail. He told them he could start going on, quote, offense when he became governor and had a majority in the House, but needed to focus now on not alienating independent voters. Youngkin's Democratic opponent, Terry McAuliffe, said the video was evidence that Youngkin was hiding his true agenda. But Youngkin's campaign spokesperson said the, quote, deceptively recorded audio shows that Youngkin was actually consistent. I'm Jenny Gathright. Since pandemic restrictions were lifted, many people are returning to doing things they missed out on last summer, like blueberry picking. Ian Stewart has more. All right, is that going to be all for you today? Yep. 1464. All morning long, farm manager David Good has been ringing up a steady line of customers at Swift Creek Berry Farm in Mosley. Monday was the first time he was able to welcome people back to blueberry picking since the pandemic began. We got picked out Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We moved over here for today and Friday. Good says it wasn't the pandemic that stopped people from picking last year. Bad weather caused berries to freeze and fall off. If we were going to lose a crop completely, that would have been the perfect year to do so. His farm was able to stay open because of their greenhouse and pumpkin patch operations. The Virginia Agribusiness Council reports U-Pick Farms and other types of agrotourism bring in over $2 billion a year in revenue to the Commonwealth. Ian Stewart, VPM News. Construction has been held up on the new George Wythe High School amid tensions between the city of Richmond and Mayor LeVar Stoney. VPM's Megan Pauley sat down with Alan Rodriguez Espinoza and Ian Stewart 
to discuss school construction projects in central Virginia. So, Alan, it's been a few months, and it's still unclear how and when the new school will be completed. So what's the holdup? So the city's been at a standstill, with both the mayor and the school board claiming they can build schools better. The majority of the board says they can build for less money, while the mayor says he can build quicker. The community, meanwhile, is growing impatient and tired of the infighting. Here's Reverend Robin Miles speaking during a recent event. We want George with high school built without delay. It's not terribly important to us how it gets done or who gets the credit, as long as standard practices are followed. What is important is that it does get done without needless delay. More and more people are becoming vocal about this as the debate drags on, but the overwhelming message is they want George With rebuilt as soon as possible, and they want the politics to stay out of schools. And Alan, you've been following this issue from the beginning. Remind us, how did we get here? Yeah, so in April, a slim majority of the school board voted in favor of the Schools Building Schools resolution. It was put forward by board member Kenya Gibson, and it gives the school board the power to rebuild its own facilities, taking that power away from the city and the mayor. The problem is that Richmond Public Schools doesn't have an in-house construction team, so it's going to be a while for the district to build up that department. Uh, The board has started preparing to hire a team. In May, board members approved three new positions to oversee school building. But Superintendent Jason Cameras thinks the district's going to need 16 people to oversee construction. Got it. And Ian, Chesterfield has opened some schools of their own recently. What did that process look like and who oversaw the construction there? So in Chesterfield, the county has to approve the money for the school district to build new schools, which is also how it works in Richmond, you know, where the city oversees the money. But in Chesterfield, the school district is in charge of school design, bidding of contracts, the whole process, really. And Alan, you mentioned RPS thinks they'll need 16 people to handle construction. In Chesterfield, it's basically just two who handle everything and contract out the rest. And one of them is Chief Operations Officer Josh Davis. He plans where new schools are built. He also helps the superintendent and school board develop a capital improvement plan, which is eventually funded by the County Board of Supervisors. I asked him about the cost of Reams Elementary, a new school that just had a ribbon cutting. You know, again, we got a great bid, $25 million. You know, that's, again, just the construction cost. We have other architectural costs, soft costs construction management costs. But, uh, you know, so our overall budget of 30 plus million dollars will um, hopefully be one that we'll meet. So you can see there's a lot to the cost of school construction. And Alan, speaking of costs, that's been a big sticking point with George With, right? Right. So cost has really been the main argument that Richmond board member Kenya Gibson is making for taking over school construction. In 2017, the board approved a plan to build five schools in five years, so by 2022, and that should have included George With High School. But only three schools got built before the city was out of money. Gibson says that Stoney spent too much on them. And if you look at the numbers, the mayor did go over budget on the three most recent schools by about $36 million in total. That's enough to build another elementary school. Stoney's administration argues that the original cost estimates were projections and they were based on the wrong data. Here he is speaking at an event at George With in April. The plan that the school board approved didn't have great numbers. It was essentially numbers that were written round numbers, not exact numbers, written on the back of a, an envelope. When you actually get into the actual business of constructing schools, there are you have to take into consideration the, the cost of raw materials, which rise and set with the market. And Superintendent Jason Cameras elaborated on this claim later at a meeting in May. My understanding is this, those estimates were developed several years ago and that they were placeholders. I think we can agree 
that there are always escalations due to inflation and just the normal march of time. But the majority of the board has largely rejected this explanation. Gibson says they can build schools cheaper and with fewer unexpected costs. And so while the school board works on staffing up, what is Mayor Stoney saying and doing about this? Well, he's made several attempts to get the school board to work with him. In May, he sent a letter to the board suggesting a new collaboration where RPS gets a bigger role and he's still involved too. But the board essentially ignored that letter. They declined to address it during a meeting. Then last month, he put a call out for new school designs and he sent another letter to the board offering to get the ball rolling and pass control onto them when they have their full construction staff. But so far, the board has not addressed this offer either. The board has until August to respond to Stoney's proposal, but if they don't, the mayor can't legally move forward. So at this point, the school board is due to take over unless Stoney can convince them otherwise. So Alan, realistically, how much will this ongoing battle for control delay the construction of George with? Well, keep in mind, the school's already been delayed. It was supposed to be done by next year, according to the five-year plan approved in 2017. But this time around, Stoney's been pushing for 2024. And it's really not clear who will lead these construction efforts, but if the school board were to move forward on their own, Stoney's construction experts say George Wythe wouldn't be done until 2027. Stoney's team projects that the board won't start to hire its own staff until this October, and it won't pick a design until July of next year. Board members have disputed this timeline, but they haven't been able to produce one of their own. And when I asked them why, they said that it's again because RPS doesn't have their own in-house construction staff to make that prediction. And Ian, in Chesterfield, how long does it take to build a school there? Well, I'll let Josh Davis, the chief operations officer we heard from earlier, answer this. I think we've had some good practice. We've got a design that's been able to be replicated by multiple general contractors. And uh, it's, I would call it a a low-risk design. We've just had a track record of of getting these buildings up in um, 20 to 22 months every time. Davis told me that even with last-minute change orders like touchless water fountains that became a need during the pandemic, the buildings still ended up on time and under budget. In fact, that's really a big point of pride for both the superintendent and county officials. They highlight it at each ribbon cutting. Of course, Chestfield has had issues with overcrowding in schools, but overall, the construction efforts have gone smoothly for almost a decade. And Davis credits their success to a joint effort between the county and the school district. All right. Well, thank you both so much for helping us unpack this complicated story. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That was reporters Alan Rodriguez Espinosa and Ian Stewart. The Richmond School Board will be taking public comment during a meeting next Tuesday, July 13th from 6 to 730. Meanwhile, Mayor LeVar Stoney is waiting to hear back from the board on his latest offer to collaborate. To learn more about this issue, go to vpm.org news. For VPM News, I'm Megan Pauley. This is VPM News. This newscast was recorded on... Thursday, July 8th at 6 p.m. Some of these stories may have changed from the time you've heard them. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at myvpm. PM. 
There are so many issues playing out in RVA. I mean, pretty much anyone will tell you. There's definitely a lot of poverty. Finding affordable housing. Traffic, public transportation. Climate change and heat islands. Trying to find childcare in Richmond area. I'm Rich Marr, host of a new VPN podcast called RVA's Got Issues. Listen to the podcast starting May 22nd. Do you have issues with RVA? Haven't found out yet. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs>